You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. On the carpet for 20 seconds, only once. (laughs) (laughs) Hello! Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses. Recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal Sanders. I'm your good buddy Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 132, the banged and bruised edition. Yeah, I thought I was going to be able to figure out how to use this set up the garage band thing again, but I don't know, man. I got started, tried to open a new file, and I couldn't figure out how to get it to recognize that I wanted to do a voice track and not a... Because by default, it opens up to a piano track. <laughs> yeah. Yes, by default, it opens to a piano track. I don't know why it opens to a piano track. Um, for those wondering why this even matters, is because we're, we're trying to improve the technology, trying to improve the quality here on Two Sorry Excuses. Our content has been for shit the last couple months. I don't... Honestly... I don't think we've put out a quality, quality content in a, in a long time. We're like, it gives you an option to open a podcast, a, a new podcast. Right. So then, what we've decided to do is try to at least bring you the swill that we are delivering in a higher definition, higher resolution quality, which requires live to learn how to use native iOS applications like GarageBand. And despite the fact that he's been a proficient Apple customer for many, many years, it seems to be eluding him. Because I never used this before because I had no reason to. Which, yeah. I need to do it more often to learn how to do it. It's just that it's, you know, we went through that whole painful process last week doing it once, but... And and the quality of that audio is like unbelievable. People obviously will have heard this episode. Uh, will have heard that episode when they hear this episode because they come out sequentially. Uh, but that episode's not up yet. I'm still working on editing, um, and it's really good. Your your tones are dulcet. Your, yeah. your treble is is is, is crisp. Um, so it's definitely worth it. But in a pinch. You know, when we, we we've got some hard outs, we've got social obligations, we've got work obligations. Sometimes we just roll old school, which is really not that old school because we were using it up until two weeks ago. But um, yeah, we'll get there, man. We'll get there. I mean, the thing um, is, I got to figure out how to change the fucking input. You know, I mean, it's just. I don't know. I open up the old one trying to see. Problem is, the stuff that's supposed to be showing up, like real instrument where I can put in my voice, isn't showing up. It's just showing up as software instrument, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, it can be a little fickle. It can be a little fickle. Um, you know, don't, watch don't a, need to you fuck know, with this right now. Uh, you know, watch a five minute tutorial. That should get yeah, you. Yeah, that's that what I have to do. Because all I need to get is, uh, you know, is a is a an audio file from you, um, which essentially is open the 
open the garage band choose track and then record um and we'll get it we'll get it man uh real quick before we get going uh that joke i found that joke very humorous for a couple reasons um one it's a little bit of an uh, an absurdist joke right yeah it's got a little mitch mitch um hedberg hedberg right yeah little mitch hedberg in there um and it it's a joke that i think uh my niece artie would find really funny and she's on top of mind lately because she sent me a an unsolicited video correspondence which she's apt to do every once in a while <laughs> you know just some nonsensical correspondence she wants to touch base and has somebody record her um you know via iPhone and then have them send it off well you know a 20 or 30 little second little snippet so she sent me one the other day which kind of made me laugh so i was on the um i was on the run for 2 days so i didn't get a chance to send uh to send one back you know when i was a little kid you want I guess in this day and age, it's instant gratification, right? Yeah. Like they don't they don't wait for shit. They want to watch Teletubbies. Boom. Teletubbies are on television. So I felt a little bad. It took me a day, day and a half to get back to her. But I had to, I sent her back a good one today. I was out at Liberty State Park um, in the friendly confines of Jersey City, New Jersey, the stat, home of the Statue of Liberty, doing a little work. Um, so I thought that was a good place oh, to nice. do a little uh, video blogging, vlogging. Vlogging, if you will. The kids call it. Um, so I don't know about you, man, but I've got I'm a little uh, a little hot under the collar um, about a thing or two. So if if you'll indulge me, yeah, I mean I got issues I can talk about too. So uh, go ahead, just spout off your problems. So I don't know if I want to get into it, but I got. I, I guess I'm going to have to get into it. I I, I broke my finger. Yes, I saw the picture. Oh, I see the picture, right? Yes. It's a... It's a result... I don't even want to call it a dog bite. And I don't even want to call it a dog fight. But there was a fracas in my yard involving uh, one of my dogs. I'm not going to name the dog. Because he may or may not have a past rap sheet. And I don't want this pinned on him in case the feds come looking for him but stupidly in an attempt to to break up and derail this little fracas which in retrospect was was nothing i should have just let it subside but i don't know I, calm and cool under pressure is not a desantis family trait right adrenaline the fight or flight in the DeSantis family is huge. Evolutionary is of evolutionary proportions. <laughs> now, not for everybody. We have some cool customers. Josh is an extremely cool customer. He he tends to handle himself very well under pressure. Um, my parents, not so much. Yeah, not so much. And I'm a direct. I'm I'm the I'm the next heir in direct ascension from my parents in in both obviously biological terms but but um neurological 
and cognitive terms as well. I picked uh, as a first child, I picked up everything that they had to offer and composure. <laughs> I love my parents, but composure is certainly not one of the strong for your parents suits. Yeah, from my parents. Yeah, I mean, it's not with my dad. Yeah, and my brother I, takes not... that. My brother Josh, the closest brother to me, he can't handle stressful situations. You know, I know yeah. I handle that shit better than he does. I'm not gonna go and sit, you know, in the therapist chair and and pinpoint all of my quirks and mannerisms on you know Freudian interactions over my first you know 42 years of life. But there's some that I can. There's some that I can, and this is one of them. Because I think not only is it a learned behavior, you know, you learn how to handle stress from, you know, from your environment, but I think there's also a biological component to it. Yeah. You know, some people just get all ramped up, and that was me. I get ramped, I get ramped up. You mean ramped up, like, good? Like, not able to remove myself from the situation for a beat to assess what my options are and then clearly and calmly direct my efforts in the right direction. Oh, you're saying you don't handle it well. No, not at all. My instinct is literally to stick my hand into the dogfight more accurately, stick my hand directly into the mouth of the dog who has the other dog <laughs> who has a grip on the other dog. I don't know yeah, why. You just I think that that's the, that's the, decision. I don't think, I don't know why I think that's the right decision, but I think that I can change the course of action by doing this when I clearly cannot. Yeah. So I stick my hand in there and to his credit, to his credit, the the dog bite, quote-unquote, bite injury I received was, again, my fault for not only putting it in, putting my hand in that situation, but also my fault for impaling my hand on a tooth. Yeah. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like the mouth came down and bit me. It, this is the gentlest of dogs. These were your injuries. dogs that were fighting? So... It was one of them. It was and fighting with a other, neighbor dog? A uh, tenant dog. Oh, okay. Which so, tenant's this? Um, Roscoe. Uh, Roscoe's oh, oh. It's, it's Roscoe's the Roscoe dog. dog. Okay, I got you. Yeah. What kind of so, dog? You have big dogs, though, right? Yeah, and this one is, is a medium-sized dog. So Val's a big dog. He's like 80 pounds. Cash is, um, I would call, medium dog at around 55 to 60 pounds. And then this next dog is probably like 50 pounds. It's a half a head smaller than Cash. So it's it it would play with the big dogs in the big dog the tweener. park. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it wasn't anything crazy. It, there was just a little growling and territorial movement posturing uh, of these two dogs. And now that I've seen it a second time, all Val does is a dominance instinct. Okay. Which is to grab the cowl of the other dog. Yeah. 
And he just doesn't let go. He's not biting, he's not shaking, and he's not puncturing. So this is what happened, remember, um, a couple years ago. It was actually episode two, if you want to take a call back to, uh, <laughs> to <my faithful laughs> listeners. Uh, episode two called Dog Pile. I was at the dog park and Val. And it's the same set of circumstances. He's got allergies, so he gets temperamental. Um, and he wants to play with other dogs, but he only wants to play in his way. And when the other dog gives him attitude, he asserts his dominance. Yeah. So he, he in that other instance, he grabbed the dog by the cow and took control of the other dog. In this instance, same deal. He took control of the of the dog's cow and held him in place. No, now knowing this. Next time, I'm, we'll just let the situation play out and attempt to calm him down, because yeah. I know there's no there's no real danger. He doesn't have a, a jugular, or you know, he's not tearing at the dog. But it's a scary thing to hear this noise, right? This, yeah, yeah, this of course. Pile of of activity, right? So I throw my. I decide I'm going to stop it. I throw my hand in in the. Uh, in the fracas, and uh, it essentially I get scraped. Although they said I would need stitches if it was anything other than a dog bite, because they don't um, they don't stitch dog bites for because it's a, like a puncture, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's bacteria in there that yeah. they don't want to to yeah, they don't want to seal it in, basically. And if that was my only issue, I would not have gone to the 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 uh, urgent care clinic. Because I didn't last time. I just, you know, I, I put some topical ointment on it and I let it heal. I know it's my dog, so I know that he's got a rabies shot, et cetera, et cetera. The problem was my finger appeared to be broken. Yeah. And it hurt like hell. Yeah. So I wanted to get it looked at. And I go in and I say to the, uh, I say to the, the attending nurse, it's like, you know, you're walking like doc in a box clinic. Yeah. You know? And uh, I said to the, it's a Sunday afternoon about 1130 and I'm pissed because not only is my hand broke, my finger broke and it hurts like hell, but I was in the middle of, of refinishing a desk that I desperately want to get up into my office. And you can't eat your finger, all your fingers to do that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And the day before I had sanded it down with a belt sander, I'd gotten to pure wood, um, I had put a, uh, a, a an initial coat of of stain and poly on it. I didn't like it, so I took it off, and I was going to reapply a darker color. Like this is my two day project, and I'm I mean I'm using all hours of my free weekend to do this. I'm 15 minutes into this project when this shit goes down. Yeah, but day two. I'm 15 minutes. Day two of the project, and so now I'm derailed. I go into the urgent clinic and I say, I'd like to see a doctor. And a little punky kid behind the desk says, oh, it's going to be about an hour, hour and a half. There's nobody in the waiting room. <laughs> so I I don't know why I thought this would move me to the front of the line. They always say, if you go into the emergency room, clutch your chest because then they'll. Yeah, because that's, take, they, yeah, you got to act like. take you right away. That's years right? ago when I got the friggin' when I was in Boston and asshole smashed a friggin' uh, pint glass over my head and I had the big laceration and we went to the friggin' um, 
the ER and eventually a guy I was with, he's like, hey, dude, they're never going to help you, you know, because it needed to be like stitched and stuff because it was nasty. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. I was such a low priority and we just fucking left. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to have a scar anyway. Fuck it. Yeah, right. You know? Right. The, the chest is how you get, uh, yeah. how you get taken in. So I don't know why I thought a dog bite was equivalent to chest pain, so I drop. Well, even if I have a dog bite, he didn't even blink. He reaches into his desk drawer and says, fill this paperwork out. Yeah. It's dog bite paperwork. Dog bite paperwork. I'm, I'm like, you're kidding me. I go, even if it's my dog on my property? He's like, yep. So here's the issue that I have. It's a it's a big government issue. Well, it, you know, the other day, actually, I mean, I'm going to let you go on, but there was actually an article on Reason.com, on which is the libertarian-minded website, or just talking about all those dog regulations by cities and how pointless and expensive they are. But go on. All right. So this is this is where I start. To, uh, this is where it starts to unravel. I have to fill out the form. That's fine. Now, now I've put my dog on record. I could have lied. This is this is why it bothers me. I could have lied. Yeah. I could have said it was some other dog. I could have m- not used the description of my dog. I could have said the dog ran away. It's a self-reporting yep. claim. And now you're making your dog a dangerous animal. Not only that, the county health department follows up with me with a phone call. Yeah. Less than 12 hours after the incident, on a Monday morning, he's had, he left presumably 4 o'clock on Friday, right? He's a county employee. He left 4 yeah. o'clock. Of course. No about that. Uh, 48 hours of 48 plus hours of county business transpires that he's got to follow up with on Monday. And I'm the first phone call he's making. <laughs> hey, Mr. DeSantis, heard you, uh, you know, uh, had a dog bite incident. Please give me a call back, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. So I call him back. Says, yeah, no problem. And he's a nice enough guy. And why shouldn't he be? He's a county worker. He's probably yeah. He can never get fired. 000. Has a way better pension than you'll ever have for exactly. doing nothing. Yes. So I say, listen, it's not that big of a deal. Um, it's it's my dog. It's my fault. It was a human error. I, I might as well have fall fallen over a dog and impaled myself on a fence post, impaled my hand on a fence post. He's like, well, we got to come out. We got to come out. Like, you got to come out. He's like, yeah, I got to deliver a notice of quarantine because we got to put the dog, uh, under strict observation for the next 10 days. And then I got to come out in 10 days to observe the dog primarily for rabies. Jesus. Right. Yeah. Now, mind you, I just got, the dog's rabies shot. Yeah, the annual tag that you gotta get. Yes. Yeah. And I got it early, so there's no lapse in... It's six months early, so there's yeah. no chance of a lapse in the... Uh, in in the... Um, what's it called? The vaccination, right? Yeah. So he says, well, I gotta come out. He says, what's the... Um, what's the dog license number? 
And I'm like, geez, I don't know, man. I got to see if it, because Asbury doesn't run on a calendar, you know, on a fisc on a on a on a lunar calendar. It runs on the fiscal calendar. I got to see when it expires. Blah blah blah. So now I got to run my ass down to City Hall, which only takes cash and doesn't have change for the license that they make you pay cash in. Um, and I got to fill out all that paperwork and bring that to City Hall and get the license. So I can get so I can get the license number so I can give it back to this guy, and I call him back. He's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing by." I'm like, "What if I'm not home?" He's like, "Oh, um, yeah, I guess that's a good point. I can leave the quarantine notice in your mailbox." I said, "That's fine." He goes, "But you have to be home when I do the home visit." I'm like, "Can we make that appointment?" He's like, "Yes, it has to be in ten days." I'm like, "Okay, then can I make it?" I'm sitting at my computer. I've got a calendar open. He's like, right, right. It needs to be on the uh, 19th. And I'm like, yeah, okay, man. Make an appointment with me. What the Christ. Yeah. So I, fu- I finally get him to make an appointment and commit to a day and a time. Like he's just like being wishy-washy about it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, keep it down. I'm railing on big government here. Well, the dog's trying to rev up their motorcycle. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. What the hell that is? You don't get a lot of a lot of motorcycle. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call them gangs, but you know, because that's pejorative. But I don't. We don't get a lot of motorcycle activity. The tops in running through town. <laughs> they ran the pagans out of town a couple couple years ago. So anyway, um, the uh, he's like, well, I can just drop it off at your house. You don't need to be there. That's fine. And no lie, twenty five minutes later. He's at my door with the quarantine notice. This motherfucker didn't have anything better to do with his day than hang up the phone and drive the 25 minutes it takes to get from the county office to my house. Damn. Is to deliver a notice to what he, as far as I'm concerned, I had individualized county personnel service on monday his job on monday at least monday morning was dedicated to one citizen of monmouth county and that citizen was me yeah he couldn't have stuck that in the mail yeah i suggested can't you mail that to me it's 10 days it'll get here i understand that i got to keep observation on the dog so what do you have to do with the quarantine notice so nothing. You just it's just a piece of paper? It's just a piece of paper. That says that they're taking note and they're gonna make sure your dog doesn't have rabies within the next ten days? Yes. Okay, that's fucking stupid. How asinine is that? That's taxpayer money. Yep. All this all this on the eve of Thomas Jefferson's birthday. Yeah. Fitting, right? Yeah, fitting. There you go. <laughs> so that's it, man. That's my big government rail. They have no, no need to be involved in something like that. It was easier to get a marriage license than it was to get a dog license. Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. They treat friggin' certain dogs. Also, they treat it like it's like. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It's just 
it's absurd. Like even when I had bought the house for like the insurance, you had to like assure you weren't getting certain breeds of fucking dog. Like how fucking stupid is that? So that to my to my vet's credit, he is super savvy. He's been around a long time. Uh, he's a he's an old timer. He's probably in his late sixties. Yeah, uh, probably mid, early to mid seventies. Probably I gotta remember my dad's seventy. Yeah, so he's a little older than him. Um, he specifically marks that that Valentino is a lab mix because he's got some appearance of other types of breed in him. Yeah, and it's you know? such and, and anything they call a pit bull, they'll call anything a pit bull. Yes, and now. To, my vet is adamant about his mixture, and he says he's a lab, and he's a white boxer, and that's his predominant breed. Don't let anybody else tell you anything. But at first glance, people were like, oh, pit bulls are such sweet dogs, and I kind of get offended because I buy into the pit bull profiling just as much as anybody else. Of course. I said, well, you know, he's a he's a lab boxer mix, and people are like, oh, okay, I couldn't pick, I couldn't point it. You know, I couldn't pinpoint it, but that's... That's definitely it. Yeah, okay, I see it. I see it. And what they define just happens- as a pit bull just depends on the situation. Whatever dog they shoot, whether it's a wiener dog or a German shepherd, it's always a pit bull. Yeah, right, right. It's cops right. are always shooting dogs. And no matter what type of dog they shoot, we thought it was a pit bull. You know, and it was coming right for us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, like and listen, I understand. Jimbo off of South Park, Uncle Jimbo theory. Just yell, it's coming right at you. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. Which is true. Why? I, I don't under, I just don't understand that. It, is, is rabies so prevalent that we need this level of government interaction to make sure that we don't have an outbreak? No, but the problem is whenever they create that position, you think governments ever get rid of agencies, you know, so they got to justify their existence. <laughs> they don't. I mean, like, look how many times right. see the emergency broadcast. One came on last night when I was watching TV. I've lived through major emergencies and never did the emergency broadcasting system was the one telling me what the <laughs> fuck to do. <laughs> You know? you know what? You're absolutely. Anytime I've had an actual emergency, it was never followed by instructions of what to do. Yeah. And it's never comes from the emergency broadcasting system. It comes from the actual private news companies on TV. I'm pretty sure they didn't use the emergency broadcasting system on 9 11. They were relying on friggin' the major news outlets. Now, if that was an emergency, when the fuck are they going to use it? You know? Oh, boy. Yeah, absolutely. It's just freaking ridiculous. Katrina, I don't remember emergency broadcasting system doing anything. It was the local news that's on TV the whole time. You know? But so the that rabies guy, even though now there's all these regulations, which is another thing because the city's probably making money off of you having to go buy that new tag every fucking year. You know? They're oh, without still a doubt. Keep that guy employed because why are they gonna get rid of him? Because it's just like that whole that office episode where they're trying to figure out what to do with the surplus of money because if they report that they didn't use as much money as the year before, they won't get it back. 
Right. Uh, they got to justify right. their existence, you know? Had a conversation with, uh, with a non-profit director recently over something, uh, negotiation that we were in, engaging in, and her response was, listen, take a little less money from us this year because then I can get it in the budget and then I'll stand a good chance of getting it back next year. So essentially you'll have a volume play. You know, I can yeah. give you a contract for three or four years at less money per year because once it's in the once it's in the budget, it's in the budget. What well, what kind of rationale is that? Yeah. Is it needed or is it not needed? And if it's needed, find the money for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean it's just it's absurd, all of it. You know, uh, just so like I've been the pretty- idea. Oh, big government. I'm not even going to go after the other stuff, like the free college in New York now. Yes, because people who live in Syracuse who make a hundred twenty-four thousand dollars a year can't afford to send their kids to a state college. <laughs> so here's where here's where I've either got to shit or get off the pot, right? As yeah. Well. As a conscientious citizen, most of the times I'll pick and choose the areas in which I want to be an, uh, you know, a conscientious objector, right? So in this particular instance, I find that, you know, the government has no place in my life. So I'm going to, you know, spend 15 to 20 minutes railing on, on the local uh, dog ownership ordinances. Yeah. But traditionally and typically... I'm very for affordable education, speaking as somebody who is getting bent over backwards paying law loans yeah. right, from 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 private from private lenders. Yeah, but that's another I realize, problem with the fucking loans, but go on. So so to your point, I can't pick and choose anymore. Right? I gotta I have gotta subscribe to a philosophy. Uh- and that's where I've been I've been coming to the last several years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fiscally conservative, socially liberal stance of my 30s just isn't practical anymore. And I think that's how it works, right? You get as a young as a young adult college age student, you know, voting for the first time, you move through you know, the stages of liberalism, right? The whole world is your oyster and and Everybody should help me eat it. Yeah. Then you kind of progress into your 30s where you've, you're starting to make a little money and you don't want people's hands in that pot, but you also care about the things that you can still remember not so long ago. Yeah. Right? So the social issues still bother you and you want to make a, a positive effect there, but now you enjoy a little cash. As you get older, you get into your 70s, 60s and 70s, well, you're nearing retirement, right? You you only care about fiscal issues. You want to be as conservative as possible. You want as many people out of your business as possible. But there's that time in your 40s and, and early 50s probably now since we're kind of adjusting the maturation calendar where it's a confusing time. You know? Yeah. I feel like a teenager again. You what? Every, I feel like a teenager again. Oh, yeah. You know? Where you think you got it figured out, then all of a sudden your voice changes. And, yeah, I don't have shit figured out, man. You know? So This I've is a freaking depressing time of life. 
It really is, because you're like at the friggin' no one wants to hire 40-year-olds, you know? Yeah, well... And it's like, this is, why the fuck am I here, you know? This is what I've I've come to the conclusion over the last several years. And, and, and actually, I set myself off on this path um, probably about 10 years ago or so. But it takes a long time to adjust to, to this philosophy. And when I left Curacao, I, had, I said... Two things, primarily. One, I didn't want to schlep through a five-day-a-week commute, working killer, killer hours. And I didn't want to work for somebody else. Yeah. I wanted to be my own boss. I saw what these guys did as 20-something-year-olds saying, fuck it, man, I'm as smart as the next guy. Let me trust and have confidence in that. And I'm going to build something. And now all those fuckers, you know, they haven't worked an honest day's work in, you know, in 10 years. God bless them. Yep. Right? So when I left Curacao, I said, listen, I'm not going to have their life. I missed that boat. That's no it's no issue. And I don't begrudge anybody that. But yeah, you're just I can take, in the wrong place, man. I can take a lesson from them and say, listen, I can be my own boss. Nobody's saying I can't be my own boss. But. That is not, that's not typically what is ingrained in us growing up, especially coming from middle class family, right? Yeah. You watch your parents get a job so they can get a pension, so they can, you know, so they can work and get a better job and keep moving their way up the chain. That's what my dad did, you know? He, he, he moved his way up through middle management to executive, to senior executive, to Fortune 500 companies, to, you know, industry leader, all while the money came behind that and the stock options. And, you know, it was the old school methodology to success. Yep. You work hard, somebody else will recognize that and reward you appropriately. But now, especially since 2008, the economy and the, and the economic dynamic of middle class is 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 turned upside down, right? It's nothing like we were when we were growing up middle class. Essentially being middle class, you're working poor. Yep. Right? Yeah. So I came to the conclusion that it's it okay, it's it's a tough lot to have being, you know, in the in the middle stages of your professional career, in the middle ages of your life, like it's it seems like the cards are stacked in terms of progress. But really what's there is the opportunity and and the ability to kind of go out and do it on your own, whatever that is. Right? If that's open your own practice, if that's open uh, you know, your own store, if that's open opening your own consulting firm, if that's whatever. The problem is you're going back to square one. And yeah. you're doing shit like living with your parents for a while while you're in your forties and you know, you're making a tax free or, you know, pre tax revenues of $500 a week while you're kind of establishing yourself as a subcontractor, right? And then it means you got to take on tenants so you can 
kind of get some semblance of of yourself back and negotiate a big a bigger salary because now you're in a position or big a bigger rate because now you've you've got the you know a year's worth of track record and you just kind of keep you plug it away and plug it away and that's where I've been over the last um you know I want to man it's, 2012 is when I started to set out an independent road right that's when I started working on all that all that app shit but really I'm going to say 2013 2000 you know the end of 2013 beginning of 2014 was really when I committed to doing what I'm doing now right yeah. do some consulting figure out that I wanted to do mediation and and like every morning I wake up and I'm like fuck man yesterday I blew a chance to you know to kind of hang my shingle but it's just cuz my confidence level isn't there in my business sense my entrepreneurship you know the the ability for me to say fuck it I'm going now a lot of that has to do with I don't have the financial resources to fall back on and that's the rub right yeah, of course. So, man. you know, you you just kind of plug me, away at I it. I know it's you know. I mean, I don't know. Huh, it seems like you look at life. The ones that really get to follow the dreams are the kids that have it already made. Yeah, and listen, and I never begrudged any of those kids I went to high school with because I didn't realize it at the time. It wasn't until I got to college that I realized that there was a little bit of a dichotomy. Yeah, you know, in social classes and. The fact because all the rich kids at at CBA are also smart kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they just happened to have a little more money than I did, and I didn't look at myself as being poor. But um, I had a car. I had you know. No, I wasn't I poor, but I wasn't going to be able just to, you know, like people would go off and get arts degrees, degrees in the arts and shit like that because it doesn't right. fucking matter. So it's when you get to college yeah. that you realize, like, oh, wait a minute, why is, you know, why is, you know, Susie Nassau or Susie Hamptons um, just kind of able to skate by? Well, it's because her parents are rich and, you know, she's got a winter car and a, and a spring car up at Syracuse, you know, like her parents winter bought car her. And a spring car, yeah. Fucking you know, the, the Cheap Grand SUV. Cherokee. Chief Grand Cherokee. Yeah, right. And an act. Those were fucking everywhere. Those and that was the car. Fucking Land Rovers, Hondas, and uh, Acuras were the big, uh, were the big drives. Uh, you know, with in nice weather, and then the, yeah. the the bad weather cars were the were the Jeep Cherokees. But even then, I didn't begrudge those folks because I wish I had that. Yeah, of course. I understood the value of that. So that I didn't blame them for having it. It wasn't their fault. You know, even the ones that took advantage of it to to a negative degree, right? There were some yeah. who took advantage of it to to a positive degree. Remember the dude Josh Sagaman? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. The spot. Just to hang out right? with uh yeah, and he was always ro- he rolled around with Ryan Blackwell. Um Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, there was another guy too. Um Oh, Selden. Was it? Selden used to hang. Remember? remember? Yeah, I remember Selden because he was the one that was in that photo a couple of years ago, right? Where he was at the game. Yes. Yes. Yeah. With Mark Teixeira. Yeah, yeah. Selden rolled with John Wallace. But, okay. Sagamon uh, hung with Blackwell. You're right. Yeah. He, Sagamon had like an off-campus promotion that he used to run at some place. And he would... 
Yeah, he the, would rent I it out. The spot, yeah. The spot, you know, once a month at some country yeah. club or whatever. And it was like a huge deal. Yeah, and they used that spot, that 7-Up logo as their on all their promotional materials, the spot. And it, the dude was a flake, and he was a weirdo. He was on the show, one of these reality shows, like sometime in the past decade, maybe longer, like one of these summer reality shows about the Hamptons. Oh, yeah, 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 yes. Do you remember that? Yes. I do. I do. And that's what he wants to do. Went to be, <laughs> I was like, that's a like, dude. A party planner, right? He, I took a class. He was a speech comm major. Um, because that's, that's a fucking blow-off fucking major. Relatively, relatively <laughs> low-stress major. Although Chris Laughlin, the president uh, of Laughlin Marinesio and Owens in Washington, D.C.'s number one uh, advertising firm. Uh, a lot under his guise, a lot under his guise, or his guidance, um, had, was a speech comm major. So I took a speech comm com major? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He tried to get into... Kind of a, it is a low-stress major, man. He he would admit that. And at the yeah. time, he, he admitted that. Um, so I took a pass-fail, like... Um, oral arguments class with him or, or, or something along those lines. And Josh Sagan was in the class and he's like, Hey man, I didn't know you were the top 10 guy. Oh man, you should, you should do a guest spot. You should, you should do a guest, a guest night at the spot. We'll bring you in. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. At the spot. Did you ever so, make the guest appearance? At the I, spot? I never made the guest appearance. Oh. I was too busy riding around with, with Mark Selden. Uh, yeah. In his Jeep Cherokee, as he, uh, as he with tried the to other me. wealthy Jewish kid. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, well, listen, man, some of their Jewish dudes. Yeah. Yes, they they yeah. both are, and some yeah. of their mojo, uh, some of their mojo must have rubbed off on me because I had a very nice run. Um, I had a very nice run with the pretty Jewish girls of of Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, good times. Um, yeah, man. So that's that's my rail on 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 government, big government, small government. But hey, listen. At the end of the day, here's the moral. This is honestly the moral. And this is actually like a real show. We're gonna wrap it up. And we're gonna bring it home, and we're gonna give a salient point on it. It's don't let the bastards get you down. Don't let them get you down, man. They may make you pay your $35 in dog fee licenses. They may have you take time out of your day to go see the orthopedist specialist that you're going to have to sit in there for an hour and a half while he runs around to to a variety of patients to look at your stupid broken hand. You're going to have to do a home visit with the nonsensical county government health department. How annoying is but at the that, end, huh? At the end of the day, it's it's on you anyway, right? So yeah. you might as well just say, fuck it. You know it's on you and roll with it. Doesn't make it taste any better. So, like, the, the, the goal to malaise is not, well, it just sucks, so deal with it. No, it's it, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. You know, it's to figure out how to get out of it while you're still in it. As is the is the million dollar is the million dollar prize. So, um, you know, already my fingers feeling better. You know, oh, that's I, good. I Wait, you got a splint on it now? Yeah, I took it off so because I had to do some work and I had to do some typing. So I'm gonna take a shower and 
um, you know, get that all, uh, get that all squared away for bed. But you know, it sucks. I was in the, I was in the car today and, you know, I kind of had a little bit of a, you know, woe is me, a little woe is me moment. Like this is my busy time. I've got to, you know, get A, B and C done. I've got to get C, D and E accomplished. Um, but then I went to grab a coffee at Starbucks and I saw, you know, your typical, it's not even minimum wage because Starbucks probably pays pretty good, but it's your typical service industry uh, worker who had just finished her shift and sitting talking to another, uh, another employee and she was bemoaning and complaining some trivial aspect that she had encountered. Yeah. You know. Why? Why would they do that to me? I asked her, you know, what? Why would you single me out and do this or do that? I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. You got a broken finger. Uh, you can't type for a couple weeks. Your desk is gonna have to wait for a little bit. It's no big deal, you know. In in two weeks, this won't even hurt anymore, and I'll be halfway done with it. Suck it up. No yeah, you just gotta deal with it, man. Right, right. So that's where we are. That's where we are. Yep. Well, that's um, good. And, yeah, yeah. We're heading in. We're heading in the right direction, and just in time. And I'll be, you know, I'll be back on my feet for, um, for the walk season. You know, if this happened four weeks in the future, I'd be fucked. Yeah, you know? I'd have a broken hand. While I'm in the middle of you know my busiest time, so uh, that's the upside. That's the upside. But um, on that note, I'm going to say we we get out of here, unless you had something uh, you wanted to to toss around. But I know you got. I could complain about Uber, but I complained about it last night. I really don't feel like complaining about it anymore. Yeah, you got to. For I I had to actually contest. A charge with my credit card company, which is the first time I've ever done this in my life. You know? Yeah. Over $7.44 that they're willing to lose a customer over for their fucking stupidity. So fuck it. I'm done with it. The credit card company or Uber? Uber. I'm done with it. Yeah, fuck them. Done. I'm done I with it. I will Uber. bitch about it. Let me bitch about it real quick since I brought it up. Well, well, listen. Let's 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 weigh the the pros and cons. We could tease that, and we can hold that to next episode. Yeah, because maybe I'll have the results of my dispute by then. Yeah, and you still get to rail on Uber in a public forum. That's what the you, you, what's the sense of having a podcast if you can't bring down if you can't bring down big government if you're me, or if you can't bring down commerce if you're you. And you still got a no, shot I'm at all making for commerce. That's what really blows me away about the whole. Fucking interaction, you know how they're willing to just say fuck it to somebody over such a piddling amount of money. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? ridiculous. That's yeah, ridiculous. Like, but ho- hold on to it because we'll tease that for next. Yeah, episode, well, the problem Barry. is you can't actually talk to anybody verbally. You know, everything has to be done through emails and shit. We'll get to it next week. Yeah, it's the new age, and then you get you eat your dinner, and then you go out to your to your. Uh, we'll see still only- what I need to do, but I'll. It's still light down there in uh, New Orleans, you know? Yeah, you take I mean, advantage of your springtime. It's like 9 o'clock, to whatever. Problem is, it's like, you know, 
sometimes where you get to that point at night, it's just like, yeah, why even bother leave the house, you know? Because it's like, <laughs> I just got to wake up in the morning anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went out last night and had oysters and a couple of beers with uh, my friend Tony and her husband. That's the first time I'd done anything. Well, like anything like on a weeknight in a while. You know, I got home like at 10 o'clock and it's just like... I already made plans to go out tomorrow for drinks after work, so we'll see if stuff happens tonight, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we'll see. All right, we'll go try to make it happen. Go try to make it happen. Yeah, I'll let you know. All right? All right, man. Uh, well, on, on that note, with apologies to Gersh brother, we will see you guys next week. Yeah. Happy Easter, Fredo. We're coming for you, Uber. We're coming for yes. you.